Hello, everybody. Welcome to King and Colons, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the works of Stephen King. And yes, you guessed it, drinking beers. In each episode, we will be taking a deep dive into one of the written works of Stephen King, usually in the order of publication. Well, of course, enjoying a few beers. We all know Stephen King rules, but in this podcast exploration, we'll try to unearth reasons why and how good old Uncle Steve has established himself as one of the preeminent authors of our time. That intro is a mouthful. That's going to, I still need to work on that. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, John, and joined with me today is Sister G. What's up, yo? Hello, feeling good. It's Friday. Feeling good. God. It's Friday. Good old TGIF. Get ready for Boy Meets World later on tonight. And, right. And uh, step by step. Was step by step on uh, TGIF? Family Matters was, Fam- I think. Family Matters was the Some big... Some Full House. Full House. Yeah. Good. Those were the days. Those were the days. That's not... That wasn't part of TGIF. Um, but Yeah. Friday edition of the podcast. I'm usually a little lower energy on Friday because I'm tired from the week, but uh, I drank drank some energy shit. He's doing cartwheels doing over cartwheels, here. Doing cartwheels, yeah, because we, we need the stamina for today's podcast. This is a thick boy, as It is say. so thick. It is. This is um one of the books that if you ask Stephen King nerds, it's probably on their, uh, I hit this overused term from sports radio, it's on their Mount Rushmore of uh, Stephen <laughs> King books. Uh, it is The Stand. This was originally published in uh, 1978, October 3rd. The uncut version was published in May 1990. Don't know the exact date. Apologies. But uh, yeah, the, the big guy. So this was uh, your first time reading it, right, G? Yes, and I, I literally had no idea what this was about. I had n- I did no research before I started reading it. That's kind of a good thing, though, right? Yeah. To go in like kind of blind and... Yeah, I had no background, nothing. I just saw the, the. I saw a cover that didn't look like what I have. Which what, what cover do you get? I have a cover with a guy smoking a cig. Okay, <laughs> I'm, ge- uh, I'm, ge- I'm guessing that's a flag, maybe. Yes, and okay. I the cover that I saw looked like it was like a guy maybe standing on a car with like a bro like a. Was it a cross and maybe like a telephone wire or something? Yeah, that was like the tie-in for the mini series from a few years ago. Yeah, which and not... I had no idea about any of that. So yeah, it's it's funny. So the the there was the mini series back in the day, '94, which we were not aware of growing up at all. But it was apparently like a huge thing. Like a, a ton of people did watch it. And but... look at the. I mean, when I was looking at this up last night, the stars that were in it. Got your Molly Ringwalds. Yeah. Got your uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. There po- might have been some more. Yeah. Uh, the the dad from <laughs> the mummy from Under Wraps is in it. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's re- really reaching there. Tom. He was Tom uh, Cullen. But it said seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's a. So I did watch it. It is very much what you think it would be for a nineties. <laughs> uh, it's probably the. No, I like the eight miniseries better, but it's better than a lot of '90s miniseries. How about yeah. that? Yeah, like it's better than the Shining one with the uh, wings, the dude from Wings. Yeah, I didn't. I the thing is, I don't remember too much about that one, other than it was obviously different than, you know, the the movie. It was, uh, but yeah. It was just different. But yeah, I didn't even know that existed. And also, like, I didn't realize that there was like a 2020, 2021 version of this with Skarsgård. Everyone, yeah. Is he the favorite Skarsgård or no? For is me, it, yes. He's, he's kind of dreamy. But everybody likes Bill now. Or, I mean, the, the father. Bill, Bill's the new fire because of uh, fucking Pennywise. It's true. And uh, 
What else? He's been in shit. He's going to be the new Crow. That's right. And I didn't know if that was true or not, but it is true. It's one it's of those coming things coming out that in the summer. It might Wait, be is too, it? I think it's probably the summer. It's almost too obvious that he should be the Crow, but... That's going to be hard. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. I feel like let it go. I'll go see it because I'm a fucking loser. I and will too. I've been tracking the making of this movie since fucking 2008. I swear to God. This new... Because that's like when they first announced that they were going to redo The Crow. And how old is Bill? I mean, he was he in diapers then? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't know how old he is, so I can't really say. He's probably... Is he 30, late 20s? 30, okay. Probably 30, 31, something like that. Based on the, off of... Uh, just bullshit. I, I mean, no I idea. feel like if anyone could do it, he could. He did Pennywise so well. He did. But. He's probably a better choice. I like our boy Momoa. But like oh, we talked wow. about. Remember we did that crow, crow I cast? forgot like, about. Yes, I forgot about that was Momoa. Probably a year, that was probably a year ago. That was a year about. ago. Because I, f- I remember when we did that because it was like January 5th or something. And that's like the most depressing day ever. It is. A very depressing day. Yeah. And this we this year has weirdly been similarly depressing. I yes. butchered that word. I've had yes. one sip of beer, by the way. <laughs> um, and that energy drink. <laughs> yeah. Ew. So so were were you like overwhelmed reading this or um no. I just I looked at it and I was like, one thing at a time. One, I, I think at first I was kinda time. like when you first go into the book, you're like, What the hell is going on here? Because it mm. starts in the middle of a scene. Basically, someone's getting woken up, and you're like, you feel disoriented, like the person sleeping. It's an effective like, opening. <laughs> it's a pretty effective opening, right? Yeah, I was alarmed. Alarmed, alarmed. So I got some some background bullshit on my shitty outline here. So King, back in the day, King was working on a few different ideas. One was involving the uh, kidnapping of Patty Hearst by Donald DeFries. Probably pronouncing that name wrong. Apologies. That's um, a cool name. It is a pretty cool name. Probably not a cool guy, but a cool no. name. Uh, he King said he was always inspired by. There's this like semi-famous picture of uh, it, it was, and that's when Patty Harris joined them, I think, in a robbery of a bank or something. You see a picture of DeFreeze, but like his face is, is obscured behind like a hat, mm-hmm. and he said that's like uh, that was like a strong, scary image to him, and it kind of inspired the Randall Flag character, one of the one of King's. Greatest creations, in my humble opinion. Because you can never quite put your hands on him because he's always a little out there. He's a little out there. He's he's Mystical. he's a trick, he's like a magician trickster guy. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll have to dive into the flag of it all. Also, um, you know, great great times back in the day. There was news reports of uh, uh, chemical warfare and a ke- chemical spill that. Uh, he said he could never shake the image of, I, I believe it was dying sheep that on 60 Minutes or something like that after one of these spills. So that scared the shit out of King, as it should have. And also the desire to write an American version of Lord of the Rings. Which it is epic. So. It is very epic in scale. Yeah. So some, some minimal background bullshit. So. And this comes at an interesting time, like reading this. Because I'm like, wow, the connections to COVID are just too obvious right now. This could never happen. A pandemic just fucking everyone up for uh, more than a year. In this case, this is generations that it fucks up. Um, yeah. It, it, I, maybe that was why the miniseries didn't hit as much because the new miniseries, because it's like. Too soon. We well, yeah, just went through COVID <laughs> and we were like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch all this shit again. I just went through this stuff. 
I'm curious to check it out. Maybe I will sometime down and the I, line. I, yeah, I just love that Skarsgård is flag. I love that. I would like to check it out just for, yeah, I, I want to see his interpretation of and that character. Interestingly, Amber Heard is Nadine, which... That tracks, that yeah. That actually uh, is <laughs> so on point. It's a little too on the nose, maybe. <laughs> That's funny. That's her brand. That. <laughs> so that was interesting. All right, should we dive into this mammoth text? Yes, and John was so kind, he created this giant outline with bullet points. I do have to, sh- I have to shout out, uh, it's my favorite podcast of all time, and uh, we totally ripped off his um, format, except for uh, we added a person, his podcast is with one person, uh, and I added beer into the equation, so. It's necessary. Necessary. It's um, the Stephen King cast. Uh, this guy did an amazing job of he reread all of Stephen King's books in chronological order of publication. Does that sound familiar? That's what we're doing. Um, but his thing was it was just by he was by himself and he was kind of he does a great job of analyzing it. Our thing's a little different. We have there's two of us, and uh, I'm dumber than he is. So. And imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yes. Uh, so so listen. He is a true English major because he very he really is. Yeah. He did analyze a lot and bring p- uh, about a lot of points that I would have never thought of. So I'm not going to rip off word for word what he said. I'm not going to lie, though. I got my timeline directly from his podcast. So if you guys are Stephen King nerds, ch- go check his shit out. It's it's uh, awesome. All right. So we already kind of, we, we touched on it a little bit. The intro to this book is pretty awesome. The sewer ending, as you mentioned, right? It's yes. Charles Campion. A uh, guy that's working at the one of these uh, Department of Defense facilities, and uh, he's waking up his wife. Something bad happened. His little baby. His little baby. They need to get out of Dodge now. Yes. Why? Uh, some something. Um, a failsafe broke. A chemical got loose. A bunch of fucking people died, and he somehow got away. Now, was this an act of God? Was this an act of flag? We kind of never know. That's so true. I didn't analyze that, but it's true. Was it on purpose? We'll never know. But he gets out, but then, you know, by the end of the first chapter, he's like, ugh. He's coughing. already like, coughing and shit. <laughs> so it's not looking good. But again, I had no idea what this book was about. So I'm just following along. Mm-hmm. So I think I've read this, not to backtrack too much. I, I read this first when I was, I believe, a sophomore. And I was kind of. Wow. I kind of knew. I get, I, I was in the middle of reading The Dark Tower, but there was a really great wiki that I don't know if it exists anymore, but it told you which, if you go outside The Dark Tower, like if you don't read it all the way through, you should take like side, read some books on the side to get like the full experience of like this, the stand is very tied into, I believe it's Wizard and Glass, the fourth book. I have so many mental character tieovers too. Yes. Yep. And I'm like, is that just me, or nope. is that real? They're too similar. Uh, the trash can man says, "My love or my life for you." That's, right. that's echoed by a character in the Dark Tower. It's escaping me now, but it's a character very similar who's like serving under flag. And yeah, there's there's a lot of echoes. There's so many characters that just I feel like um, Stu. Sorry, not Stu. Larry. It's so much like Eddie of New York in my mind. I'm pretty just like, sim- is that Eddie? Eddie? I mean, like different occupations. One's a drug dealer, one's a musician. But I'm like, 
They're both kind of wisecracking. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both. Yeah, they they could be. Uh, they could be buds. And they want to yeah. be redeemed, and I feel like that's their chance. And like, yeah. who else? Uh, and of course, like, um, what is her name? Uh, the the old lady, Mother, Mother Abigail. Abigail, is like the aunt. To- Talitha. Oh yeah, from um, yeah from the wastelands. Yes, because yeah. d- they just remind me of the same character. They they have some religious kind of like under well mm-hmm. like the one in this book is like overt. It's like I will follow God. She's but, very like, <laughs> she's very into God. Yeah, yeah, so I just feel like they're the same. Per- they're both old as heck. There, there is a book. Wise leaders. Fuck, I'm such an asshole. The talisman. Uh, the the talisman, uh, a book that we will get to at some point. They they introduce the idea of twinners in that book, where there is like in alternate worlds, there's yes. another copy of you. Oh yeah, that, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, since this is, is all like connected mm-hmm. universes or whatever, yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm curious to see what you think about the talisman. Um, it's hit or miss for me. The hits are fucking awesome. But the that's a long book too. That, that'll be a that'll be a massive one. This is like Inception. Yeah, I just realized it, and I'm still confused by that movie. But I'm figuring it out. Uh, we went to see that. Uh, I was drunk at the time. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to watch this again. I Ooh, still keep me. watching. I'm like, what level are we on? <laughs> What's going the on? The level inside the level. A dream inside the dream. It's awesome. Okay, so we're we're introduced to uh, one of our main heroes, Stu Redman. He's kind of like a Texas good, good old boy. He seems to be too young to be hanging out with the, the townies that he does, but I guess it's a small, it's Arnett, Texas. It's a small fucking town. He's a widower. He works as a, uh, he samples calculators or something. And, uh, yeah, like in a calculator uh, warehouse or something, yeah. factory. But uh, he's, he seems to be uh, the classic American American hero. He's a humble, hard-working man. Yeah. Uh, he's smart enough that when he sees Campion's car start like m- making its way towards the gas station, he's smart enough to turn off the, the gas pumps so when Campion does crash into them, they don't fucking go sky what a high. genius. And uh, we're getting our first glimpse at Captain Trips, a.k.a. Project Blue or the Super Flu. So, unfortunately, the... The wife and kid are dead, right? Their mm-hmm. necks are swollen and shit. And Got dried snot? Or is that somebody else? I think they all have dried snot. I think they're point. all icky. And Campion's very out of it. I, I think he's, you know, he's babbling about, you know, that it got loose, we got loose. and yeah. He's breathing all over he's everybody. All, he infects <laughs> tw- like fucking 10 people right there. Not not good. Basically, it's his fault. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> we really don't know. I and I kind of like how we don't get that answer too. I think King poses that question at some point. It's like, was this flag or was this an act of God? I never oh. sat and analyzed that part of it, but yes, because we don't know understand. Was did someone release this on purpose? This would be very Old Testament God to be like, all right, we have to wipe the fucking earth clean, start over. These guys fucked up my creation, so yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah, it could be a thing. All right, so uh, another hero we're introduced to, uh, Franny, and her Franny. F- fuck boy uh, boyfriend uh, Jess. Jess sucks, right? He also, sucks. Franny just seems like really chill. She's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, pregnant. Whatever. She's uh, is she late teens? She's yeah, I think th- late teen or late teens, early twenties. She's a college student. Like, I don't want to stay with that guy. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Jess seems to be almost a version of Harold. 
maybe slightly better looking, but she describes him as kind of like kind of a pretentious college dude. Yeah, college guy. she knows she doesn't want to stay with him. She's like, I don't, you know. Just because she's pregnant. Got pregnant by this dude. I don't know if I want to live with him. He no. was just convenient at the time. Yeah. I like that about her, that she's not, like, feeling tied down to him. Yeah. But her parents are epic, and I feel like, who does her mom remind me of, like, the worst person ever? I don't know. <laughs> she sits in her parlor. Her mom's and... very obsessed with her nice parlor. <laughs> the dad's parlor. very cool and um, comforting and understand he tries to be understanding but like the mom is just such has such a strong person like kind of like just nails on a chalkboard personality he refers to this thing of like uh franny was her father's daughter and the mother well the, franny lost the little brother uh i think he mm-hmm. died in a car accident or something and the, the little brother gravitated towards the mom i believe yeah and once he died and mom's like, wow, fuck, I don't have any kids anymore. It's like, well, you do have one. You just prefer yeah. the one that died, I guess. So it's sad but, for her. Yeah. Um, I guess back in Arnett, shit is starting to escalate. Uh, one of the cousins, uh, a cousin of the dude that owned the gas station, it's like, heads up. They're going to be doing a quarantine. Does that sound familiar? Quarantine. Oh, God. It's a dirty word Before now. Before it was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of freaky that they were having this discussion in 78. Yep. Yep, and I like, like, right in the same paragraph, they're like, yep, the cop went on to infect some guy he gave a ticket to on the road and, like, four other people, and it's just like, you can just see how... Oh, you just see everybody breathing all over yeah. everybody else, and you're like, stay away! <laughs> yeah. You're seeing yeah. all this stuff shut down, like, uh, yeah, the luncheonette and all this shutting yeah. down. Not good. Not good. It's terrible. And then you, I don't know, it's hard not to... There's so many little stories within this that it's hard not to skip. It. I'm like, what? Everything's important. It all gives it context. But basically, you're slowly watching everything shut down. At, for us, it was like all at the same time. For theirs, it was like 20 days or 19 days or something. Yeah. Of things progressing, but that's still really fast. And was that thing too? Like in this book, they they try to say it's not like. I guess that's one of the slight opposites. Like in the book, they're like, it's not really a thing. It's it's, it's not, not nothing really to worry about. We are working on vaccines in in real life here. They they were from the start like, yeah, it's pretty serious. We think we can get a vaccine out. But if you quarant- if you guys quarantine for like two months, this thing will be done. And uh three years later it's not quite done. So No. And I think we all did you get it? officially not yet oh my god uh, john might I, be the last person i, I tested negative every time but i i always i always bring this up I, i've read it's probably a year old now but there was an article by some or not an article but there's a quote by some famous doctor and he's like so if you haven't had covid yet it means you don't have friends because it's just <laughs> <laughs> i'm like fuck i just got burned really bad oh well, you're lucky you might be in this group then with this uh immunity or whatever because I might have had it, and the tests were just bad or something. I I got tired of buying. Tests. You bought the cheap tests. Yeah, I bought the <laughs> I bought the tests that you've the the black market tests that don't hey, quite. And real. they expire apparently, so yeah, that's, that's great. a thing too. That's great. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, military shit, right? They they kind of know that the shit's going to go down, but uh, they're trying to keep keep a lid on it. Ooh. Suppression of media. Oh, I do. Oh, this was freaky. Does that sound familiar? Or 
That can't happen. Suppression of the media. Yeah. This was a creepy scene. Yeah, and they're they're they kind of mention. I think they know right away. They're like, "Yep, this has a ninety nine point four uh, kill rate. Kill rate's not the right word, but kill rate. Kill rate. Yeah, it is now." And they're just like, "Yep, we just have to." They're trying to cut. They, they know thousands of people are going to die. They're just trying to mitigate the disaster, pretty much. And that, that does not work out. Does not work out at all. There's like. When all of a sudden done, like, 0.6% of the Earth's population left. Yes. Yep. And I don't know. I guess, like, seeing how the stuff starts crumbling, we see these little stories of people throughout the town that are dealing with it, like um, Nick. Yes. You know. So Nick is deaf, and he cannot speak. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. It's kind of a drifter guy, goes from town to town, mm-hmm. works odd jobs. He ended up working in the sheriff's office. He mm-hmm. I'm a little murky still. This was this I read this a while ago, but the sheriff trusted him with something. And he ended up like kind of covering for a while, right? Yeah, because the the sheriff got <laughs> came down with the sniffles or something. So did his wife. Yeah. Funny enough. And basically he's left there watching like is it just one guy or a couple he's, guys? He's watching like two or three. He's watching, I believe, three guys at first, and these three guy, two or three guys that jumped them, essentially. Oh yeah, they were after him. That's they were I mean. after him for what reason? I forget why. Because they were towny ass. They were just being jerks. Um, they jumped him. He he was got hit by the sheriff, I think. And um, the sheriff takes a shine to Nick because he's a smart dude. Uh, Seem, seems to have his shit together for being a drifter. Yeah, and he is he is really smart. It's just that he obviously has a hard time communicating and people don't want to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. So, and he gets left in charge. It's and like, meanwhile, he's even just trying to feed these guys. I remember him trying to get, get them food. He's going to all these places. Everything's closed. And the guys are like, will you let us out because he, everybody he, is dying. He breaks into a fucking burger place, I think, and whips up some burgers for them. I kind of love that scene, though. I kind of love that, too. I'm like, I would love to do that. That'd be fun. I'm going to break into Pizza Hut. Oh, baby. I'm going to make he, some breadsticks. He stole my heart. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's a good view of, like, a small town collapsing where, like, there's one fucking doctor, right, and who's also sick. And he's like, yeah, I've been to 20 fucking houses. Uh, I probably have this thing, so you should probably stay away from me. But he's still talking to him. Still talk to him. And it's very sudden, too, when he, he became kind of chummy with the, the sheriff, like you mentioned. And it's like overnight, he's like, his wife is like, yeah, he died. Uh, so this sucks. And I'm probably going to die, too. He kind of takes care of her a little bit. Does take care of her. And I, I think he, like, when she passes, he buries her in her favorite uh, gown or something oh, like so that. so sad. Very sad. But Nick, we like Nick, right? We like Se- Nick a lot. He seems to be a pretty capable guy. Yes, we like Nick. Yeah. We think he's going to be the big hero of the book. He is a hero, but he's not, unfortunately, a spoiler I alert. know, I uh, know. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. What do we think about our boy, uh, uh, I'm a f- <laughs> Larry? My God. Yeah, like I said, Larry reminds me of Eddie of New York from Dark Tower, but... Yeah. Honestly, like when I was listening to this again, no context whatsoever. I kept thinking, "Wow, all these people are like flawed." Yes, because he is just—he is not painted in the best light. No, as his mom describes him, he's a—he's a taker, right? You're he's, a taker, Larry. You're a taker. She's like, you're not a bad person, but you're like kind of selfish and you kind of suck. 
You know who it's, I pictured when I was when I was uh, reading this? The mom from The Sopranos. Also, yeah, she doesn't seem to be a fucking bundle of joy, bundle of joys, that I think. No, but she seems to be a tough woman as well. I mean, she's so. she's obviously a hard worker, and yeah. she's just used to his just shenanigans. Bullshit. Yeah, she's yeah. just like done with him. He he does come home when he needs something, and she knows. So so he's on the precipice of hitting it big. He his uh, big song, uh, "Baby, Can You Dig Your Man." Which, uh, not, I'm not the first person to say this. When you read the lyrics, you're like, I cannot hear, I can't hear any song with these lyrics. It's very I thought you were going to say, I can't hear a hit. I can't, oh, also that, I can't hear a hit, yeah. Baby, can you dig your man? He's described as kind of like a, uh, he's inspired by like a black artist or something like that, like old time rock and roll, but I don't know, I can't, I can't hear it in my head. But he hits, of course he gets his first big single, he gets his money and he throws a party that lasts like three weeks. Amateur move. Amateur move. He pretty much goes fucking broke and drug dealers are after him. Yeah, he does not like really dabble in drugs, but he's, if he had more money, I think he would have done more damage. So, yes. If the world didn't end, he probably would have died ODing. Because he would have been, he didn't even, I mean, anybody knows that if you have money, there's leeches that come out. And mm-hmm. he seemed dumb to that for he- some reason. You know, you have those rose-colored uh, glasses on and shit. He's not a baller. <laughs> a show that I don't know if you'd like too much. I loved it. Teeny loved it. Lost. I've never seen Lost. Okay. Never Lo- in my life. Lost is very inspired by The Stand. and Really? Like, not even just... Uh, there. Uh, there's a Larry character in Lost, uh, played by Dominic Monaghan, one of the Hobbits. Oh, I hate... Him. Oh, no, it's not. I'm thinking of somebody else. Not him. I'm thinking of Dominic West. I do not like Dominic West. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Not, not, not totally different. But in that show, it, he's a washed up rocker who's also, who's addicted to drugs. Larry's not quite addicted. He dabbles. But even the um, format of Lost is is pretty much the stand where each episode is, you're in that character's yeah. point of view the whole time. Um, and like you had mentioned, kind of what the stand is, all these... Most of these characters are kind of fucked up in some way, and lost. All the characters are broken, um, and when they land on the island, they either start to fix themselves or they relapse into what made them shitty in the first place, and mostly they die. But I kind of like mm-hmm. how you pointed that out. Wah, that wah. most of the characters here are pretty flawed to some degree, or if not broken, then kind of, you know. Not the ideal human being. But you naturally look for, when you're reading this, you're like, who's going to be the person that saves, you want Nick a hero is, or something. Nick is probably the most heroic, we think, at first. He seems to be the most, well, Mother Abigail's most virtuous, but. I have thoughts about her. Yeah, yeah. She, there, I have strong thoughts about there her. Are, uh, I'm not saying The Stand is a perfect book, and it <laughs> might have something to do with Mother Abigail, but. She's the villain. <laughs> yeah. To yeah, be that's, honest that's, with you. That's our reading of it. Uh, the end. Boom. Should we flash to Stu getting semi kidnapped by the CDC? Let's do it. Okay. So, terrifying idea of um, pretty much the Arnett crew is taken by the CDC, and they're like, "Okay, we have to. We're not playing fake quarantine anymore. We have to really quarantine you into a real facility." This reminds you of ET when <laughs> yeah, the little boy yeah. gets taken to that uh, when, facility when, e- when ET died. <laughs> oh. Um, and he came back. But, <laughs> and it's, 
like right away we're kind of like not trusting these cdc fellows at first um Stu kind of goes along with it just because he's like all right if we this is what it is i i'm not getting sick so i have to succumb to their test or whatever but he starts to suspect that things are collapsing around him shit is bad outside and they're not giving him all the information eventually some middle middle guy mid guy it's like okay i can tell you some info uh, all your friends are dead <laughs> um you're immune to this thing we don't know how but we're, tr- we're trying to figure it out and she's so like okay great awesome this is let me out of this here this is real swell but just like yeah more more distrustful government shit it's amazing they were even able to test him. Yeah, right. They didn't die off when they were testing. I him. know. But yeah, there are certain people with immunity to it because we can tell because like people like Franny, mm-hmm. who ends up burying her father. Yes. And that's a little bit of a jump, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, you're wondering why. It's like that. It's like the random thing, right? I guess like. This is, I'm also slightly, I have to apologize because I'm, I'm watching The Last of Us and it, <laughs> this is also like post-apocalyptic situation. You're in some doom. Like, I am. Right and I'm, I'm like, also people in that have immunity, immunity and they don't like really, natural, yeah. yeah, they're like, why? So this is crossing over for me. So I'm trying to keep them straight. Look, look at the draw with the immunity ship. Some people are just born with luck. All right. Poke and Lloyd. So Lloyd, bad dude. Um, there, this is where like the narrative shifts to some of the unsavory, more, more unsavory mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. They're on a good old fashioned uh, crime spree. They both seem to be kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they Lloyd a, is more of a follower at this point, right? Very much a follower. Yeah, Poke is kind of the uh, brains, which isn't saying much. <laughs> Uh, they try to rob a liquor store or something. Poke kills a guy. Then Poke gets got, I believe. And then uh, Lloyd gets uh, Lloyd gets taken with him Lloyd. as accomplice, right? Yeah, he gets arrested. And uh, yeah, not good. Not good at all. Not good for Lloyd. I guess if we want to jump more to him, like uh, eventually he's gets a visit from his lawyer who starts to get the sniffles. <laughs> and he's like, Lloyd thinks he's like, oh, I'll do like 10 years and it's not that bad. And the lawyer's like, no, dude, you're kind of fucked. Like they can get you for, they can get get the death penalty on you because you're an accomplice to a murder in a murder state. So Lloyd starts to freak out and gets put in, put, put, put in jail. Uh, we'll jump back to him in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> That's an interesting story. Uh, so if we want to go to General Starkey. He's not a good guy. Not a I'd good say. guy. Uh, he might, he may or may not order the deaths of uh, journalists. That was unfortunate. That was, in, and people watching it thought it was not real. Yeah, because it was so violent and insane. He basically just starts shooting people, mm-hmm. or has his people shoot people live on TV. Yeah, one one of the um, news uh, stations like rebels, I think too, and they. The news has been like um, edited or whatever, watered down by the government. Eventually, a new station rebels and is like, okay, no, this is what's really happening. Here's all the bodies that are in these fucking hospitals. Here is the government dumping bodies. And they say that transmission goes through for like an hour and all those people are 
I believe, executed on screen, I believe. But yeah. I mean, information is not accessible like it is now, so it's hard to put yourself in those shoes because obviously we have all these people walking around with iPhones yeah, and on all kinds of other things, and here they're just relying on TV and newspapers, and half these people that make these things are dead yes. or sick. <laughs> so it is interesting. Yeah, so... If we're going through the original timeline, it's 1978. This new version is 1990. So mm-hmm. even 90 years still. Yeah, there's not a big jump between technology uh, in terms of information from 78 to 90. Because like computers more weren't really more as TV big. Stations and yeah. The internet doesn't really exist. The internet exists, but no one can really access it and shit. You so. have to have more money to have yeah. a computer. Most people don't have. Nope. Um, so where are we at? Do we go over all the characters? Like, Harold is the worst. Do we go over Harold? Harold? Yeah, fuck Harold. He is like, uh, the original incel. Um, yeah. Who do you picture? I picture him as being McLovin. Like, the face, <laughs> the face of McLovin it, and like an annoying personality. You no, know, it's funny. In both adaptations, they, they cast a skinny guy, but he's described as like a bigger dude. But he likes yeah, his chocolate. He likes his chocolate. I like my chocolate, Are they like too. Hershey bars or something? I forget what that's uh, like. Yeah, so... He is, Harold's the sister of one of Franny's friends. The that, brother? Or, I apologize. He is the brother of one of Franny's friends. Um, and he's, like, pre-pandemic or whatever. He was known as, like, kind of a pretentious asshole, kind of a weirdo dude. That, I know uh, too many people like this or, that are rude. Yeah, like a rude, rude dude. No um, self-awareness, just rude. Yeah, stares at girls too long. Holier like, than thou. Yeah. Um and it's very, it, it, it's a very funny pair. The, the pairings in this book are very funny. King does a good job of putting opposites or whatever together. Uh, Franny is like, man, that's probably one of the last people I want to be <laughs> joined up with. But she's pretty chill and even killed. And yeah. he just seems like uppity and always knows. And honestly, like, for as much as I don't like this dude, I feel like he's um he. He could be a survivalist if he wanted to. He's smart, dude. He's weirdly one of the m- more resourceful people in the book, um, and that's like one of the greatest tragedies with him, right? Like if he just cho- if he was just not a fucking asshole. Don't choose the dark side. <laughs> but he has good ideas. He's he's goes to Franny. He's like, okay, we should go to these uh, these. <laughs> what accent was that? Uh, but he says we should do the uh, go to the CDC building in I forget what state. I wouldn't be thinking that. I'm like, let me go to the nearest place with the most food and clothes. <laughs> That's it. Got uh, the Mickey, D- Mickey D still open? Is the freezer still on? Yeah, right. Um, Can I make myself some ice cream treat? He also thinks to like leave notes and shit for people to follow him, like pers- you know, possible survivors. Like, hey, we're taking root, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Follow this way. Didn't he do something with gas, too? That was... Yeah, he gassed up there mopeds or, or motorcycles but he did it in a smart way larry later does it in a way that almost breaks his fingers and he has less experience world experience than because mm-hmm. he's only a teenager and he's doing some of the stuff so it is it is a tragedy but no he's not likable he just reminds me of like a cretin <laughs> <laughs> he's he's cretin like i but there's a good moment of like he does seem okay for a second for a second he seems okay when they first arrive there's um before they meet Stu. Yeah, <laughs> there's a sad scene with him where um 
he like he had like a breakdown and he's just like mowing his lawn without a shirt on for some like furiously mowing his lawn and like crying and frank goes up to him he's like dude what the fuck what are you doing and he's just like ah i just kept on thinking about the 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 just the everything and uh decided to mow the lawn just to take my mind off of everything but it didn't really help and you know, you feel sad. At first, you don't like him. Then you feel sad for him. You're like, okay, he is just a fucking kid. He's like a broken kid. He's overcompensating. Yeah. Just for like, his, what he, yeah. you know, he knows he has flaws. He's told about his flaws. He is told about his flaws. So, he's got some good points for a minute. But, interesting character. Yeah, he's he's at least like, you know, we might not like him, but he's like a fascinating guy. I enjoy his descent. It is a descent. Um, so Larry kind of learns about the collapse on the West Coast, and then he starts to see the collapse around him. His mother's death is pretty sad, right? Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad seeing his... Final, like, there's only one person on the Earth that can basically stand him. His mother. Yeah. And she also recognizes that he is flawed. Yeah, and also she wasn't the biggest fan of him either. Yeah, she's she's always holding him at an arm's length in a way. But she's happy that he's home. But yeah, he basically sees her as she dies on her deathbed. And then he's like, what do I do with myself now? Yeah. And it's, um, like, eventually it's near New York, though. It's a huge city. There are a few survivors, but it's few and far in between. One of them is a monster shouter talking about the coming of a monster flag, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he meets a... Is it uh, Rita? Meets Rita, a middle-aged, uh, wealthy-ish lady. And they um, become a thing for a little bit. Hang but out. he realized that she is annoying. <laughs> it's not her fault. Is it, so? And this is like, is she annoying or is Larry kind of a dick? And is it the end of the world? Yeah, and also is it the end of the world, right? Also, this is murky for me. So they make it, he, he basically, he's with her. They have a little bit of a falling out, and he, they get separated for a minute, and then he's really on his own. He freaks out at her. Cause, about sandals About Because she's wearing sandals, and her feet get all fucked up. Um, and he's just like, he reams her out for not being prepared properly. And she did not, she's like, I've never done this before, and yeah. this is ridiculous, and I didn't want to upset you. By telling mm. you that my feet hurt. So her feet are like bloody or like everything's bloody. They mm. separate. And he's walking through with this dark tunnel, right? Yes. And he's scared. Because yeah, he's like, I don't know who's in here. What? What's? Who's alive? Who's waiting to jump me? He's starting, he like, he, there's like tons of cars, right? And there's bodies in these cars. How creepy is that, by the way? This is, uh, it's one of the standout moments of the book i think because yeah it is a moment of terror and he hears shit too it's probably that's like rats. a horror movie yeah it's probably hearing rats picking up bodies and Ooh, i even think about rats Ooh. yeah or weasels that's the whole thing weasels wouldn't be in new york but uh rats he almost uh he hears someone coming up from behind him and he takes a shot with his gun i believe and he almost shoots rita almost shoots rita fuck but she's back She's back. And they like, are together, but I guess I was a little murky on Rita's demise. So they eventually get out of the tunnel and they travel on. They get to, I forget this, I've, the, I forget, it's probably just outside of New York, but they camp. And 
Larry wakes up first and he's just like stretching. He's like, ah, it's a beautiful day. And goes back into the tent and he like shakes Rita. She's not moving. She's like blue. She's blue. He turns her over and sees like vomits on the side of her face. She OD'd on pills. Was that purpose? Was that it's, on purpose? It's like kind of left up in the air. It could have been on purpose. She she regularly took pills. It's kind of weird that if she regularly took them, she'd all of a sudden OD. Maybe she wanted to die. Right. I mean, I don't blame her. She's probably freaked out. But it's something that kind of haunts Larry for a while too, because he's just like he always and also kind of sort of related, unrelated. Before the collapse, he has a one night stand with a girl. And he treats her like shit. Mm-hmm. And the her words echo in his mind all the time. You're no nice guy, Larry, or something like that. Because he seems like he presents himself as a nice guy at first. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to fuck you over. And then he's a he dick. He immediately does. He treated yeah. Rita like crap. Yes. And she was nothing but nice to him and tiptoed around him. Mm-hmm. And so he felt really guilty about this because he may have, if that was a suicide... If he was Trigger a better, warning. if he was a better companion, if he wasn't such a fucking asshole all the time, she could still be alive. Now he feels even more alone than before. He also gets this weird mental block about he was traveling by motorcycle, and now he's terrified of uh, riding a bike. Right. He's always imagining himself like hitting an oil slick or something. And I and mean, I have that's like final destination fears. <laughs> Is this I, when he also starts getting the bad dreams? Yeah, I get. Yeah, we could del- we could delve because a few people have had the dreams probably at this point. So, what we got, G? So, from what I recall, um, at night uh, he would have these dreams of this. Was he? Would he have the dark man? I think everyone's kind. I of, think everyone got yeah. a little mix of both, but um, they were either dreaming about this dark, scary man with red eyes. Or this old lady, Mother Abigail. Yes, and they don't don't understand what either of these things means, but they do know that when they would wake up after the dreams with the dark man, they were terrified. Yes, and it seems like they were both of them were kind of calling them, mm-hmm. and they have no idea. They knew where though, didn't they? They knew where they, to go for the most mo- part. They know Mother Abigail's ugh, excuse me in Nebraska, and I think they know that Flag is going to set up in Vegas. Right. So I think they're all separately, like each person that we meet in their own areas is having these dreams. They don't always connect with each other about these dreams until Mm. way down the line. But at some point, Larry is by himself and we find uh, a woman and a little boy watching him. He does not know. Nadine and Joe. This whole thing is a little creepy to me, but... She's creepy to me. She, 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 yeah, she might as well be named as Creep. She's just like a I don't weird. Know. She's a woman that has her, she has like dark hair, but does like streak with gray. Joe is like a feral child at this point. Right. Who you don't, you can't really blame him. He's a fucking kid that survived a, uh, yeah. Know, and she stays with him because he, she was a former school teacher, I think they said. Yes. So she, she was, felt yeah. like responsible for this guy, this kid, sorry, whose name, she just calls him Joe. She doesn't even know if that's his real name. He makes like noise. He doesn't even talk. He just speaks in noises. He has a knife that like, and whenever, he, I think one time Larry has collapsed, like fallen asleep and La- Joe goes up to him brandishing the knife, like ready to kill him. And Nadine's the one that kind of pulls him back. And Yeah. Yeah. Good. Super creepy. Good spooky stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually 
at some point, I don't remember how he catches how he, how Larry catches them. He's like Larry eventually hits the coast, I believe, and he's on a beach, just you know having one of those like uh, holy shit moments of. I thought you were gonna say having a beach beer. Beach beer, yeah. He's enjoying. He'd like to have a beach beer. A beach beverage, right about now. A beach bev. Um, but I think on the beach, Joe eventually just uh, charges him, and Larry, you know, he's an Larry overpowers him. He's an adult. And he's like, "What the heck, though?" And he's like, "What the fuck, bro? Where did you come from?" Yeah, and um, you know, eventually Larry's like, "Okay, you guys can join me, I guess. I prefer Joe not if he's gonna fucking murder me." And Nadine's like this mysterious woman still. She's just like, she seems to like Larry, but be kind of scared of him at the same time. There's also something weird going on with her. Yes. That we can't quite figure out. Uh, yeah, but. She's a little witchy or something. She, she is a little witchy. Which is weird because she's also mothering, in a way, this Joe. And so she's like a dark, mo- like, uh, as we find, Joe later on becomes a, a normalish kid. Was Nadine fostering him being fucking crazy, or like she? She was enabling him. Was she enabling him? Like maybe. uh, Yeah. Good point. Being around Rita gonna drive you fucking crazy. Um. Okay, stew breakout of the CDC. Eventually, they're like, actually, let's do more societal collapse stuff. So we kind of talked about. There, there, there's a, the the deaths on TV and shit like that. People just stop where they are in their cars and they're just dead bodies. Yeah, it's now no longer a secret that like the super flu is like a thing. General General Starkey was get, essentially gets fired, and he was weirdly obsessed with uh, this image of like he saw where Project Blue leaked. And there was this man that was just had his head stuck in soup because he died like immediately. He's obsessed with this image. General Starkey, after he gets fired, goes to the room where he's probably infected by the flu, lifts up the dude's head, just like he had to do that for some reason. And it's weird. It's a weird, poignant thing. And then uh, he kills himself, and everyone else probably kills himself in that same station. I don't know. I thought that was a haunting image. That that is. Yeah. That definitely is. I was trying to think of more of the societal collapse. I feel like I'm missing something huge. I mean, I just like seeing that the lunch thing that we already talked about and things left undone, mm-hmm. like things half done, just the basic things that you expect to happen to run a society not happening. And like even trying to get out of a city and there's a bunch of cars still in the same spot that are blocking the road, things yeah, like that. And they find out that there's like the roadblocks don't make sense because there's roadblocks going into a place and like out of a. The way the roadblocks were set up just seemed to just freeze people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess Stu breaking out. Maybe I'll just jump there because I'm a fucking idiot. My cat says hi. Uh, So eventually Stu is murdered to die. Murdered to die. Ordered (laughs) to die. Uh, Some guy coming in wearing one of those uh, fancy suits. Even though I believe the guy's sick. Yeah, they're sick and they're like, Yeah, and they're still wearing the suit anyway. And it's like, why kill him? And it's just like, well, we have to tie everything up. We have to make sure no one knows that it was us. Everyone suspects that it was the US government, but let's There's uh, gonna be no one left anyway to point the finger at you. Such a weird, yeah, such a weird thing. Uh and but Stu gets the upper hand on the dude, gets the gun away from him and shoots him. 
Um, it's a great breakout scene from there, though. It feels similar to Nick, or not Nick, I'm sorry, um, Larry in the tunnel. It's that same kind of scare, but he's leaving, trying to leave a facility where it just it's like it a haunted. Is like when Linda Hamilton leaves. Yeah, in the yeah. Terminator. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. That's what. No, I'm kidding. And I think he's had Stu's had dreams of the Dark Man at this point too. So and he's like, the Dark Man's here. He's gonna get me. Like I have to get the fuck out of here. And so he might have been recruited. Yeah. If he stuck around, mm-hmm. if you, here's the thing that I kept thinking of is if you're in this position and you're one of the last survivors, what do you do? I think this book makes you question that just like that show I'm watching. Last um, of us. I would be, first of all, I would be one of the first to die like by something I stupid. I would be dead in minute three. <laughs> Literally yeah. it would take one second, but like <laughs> if it was a matter of being immune to something and you were just alive mm-hmm. um, and this supernatural stuff was happening, it's like, hard to how do you refuse i mean we didn't even get to this part yet but i'm just saying if you are given a choice but it's not really a choice you kind of just have to go it's either die or go with this choice Mm -hmm. is it a choice i don't know it's almost out of your hands at that point but Stu gets out smells the sweet fresh air and uh good our boy survived shall we get to the introduction of flag let's do that welcome dude Let's do that. So this is a pretty big character in Stephen King's canon. Of course, he's in the Dark Tower series, uh, The Eyes of the Dragon. That's kind of lesser read, uh, but this book and among other stories. So he's in this iteration, he's described as this like American boogeyman kind of guy. But he doesn't even, even, when we're introduced to him, he's kind of muddy on his origins as well. He's like kind of forget where I came from. It's like almost an ancient kind of thing. He's like a man described as always walking the dark roads of America. He has, it's described, he has like the pamphlets of 50 different organizations in his pockets that conflict with each other. Like he has like a KKK thing in one pocket and then like, uh, but then maybe a pro like black people pamphlet in another pocket. He's a shit starter seemingly he just wants to start he's a chaos issues. Guy. yeah exactly yeah. he just wants to see bad things happen and he wants to be in control of the things he does not want to lose mm-hmm. control ultimately so and i probably should have wrote some of them down but king has like great things of what he could do he's like with one stare he could give a man cancer or something like that or start but start stop a man's heart from beating it is interesting what he can't see later. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. What he misses later. It seems incongruous. Or is it incongruous? That's not where it seems um inconsistent. Because he seems to know things that he can't that he would have no way of knowing. And I know that he can like uh tr- transmute, is that a word? Transform himself into different animals and things mm-hmm. and see through them. But like he seems to know what people are doing before they know what they're doing. So Yeah. He's it, super smart. Flag's characterization has changed like wildly from book to book. That's part of the. I think that's part of the reason why he's so interesting. He's like a different, slightly different package each time. Also, King's King can be an inconsistent person. Like you know, this book was first written in seventy eight. He finishes the Dark Tower in 04. Shit changed just over time with how he viewed the character. I guess he probably but, doesn't remember everything. Yeah, honestly, it's it's, it's so thick. 
Yes. You have to go back. I, I think these Steve, Stephen King scholars know more about it than he does. It seems like in some some uh, reviews that I've heard, I heard one of the interviews, and it's like he doesn't remember some of the stuff that he has written. And they'll question it and think that there's some deep meaning, and he's like, nah, I just felt like writing it yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why I did that. And it's like, okay. Well, some things uh, do have these double meanings, and some things are just how they are. A foreign. So. Funny you mention a former Stephen King. Well, she's probably still a super fan. It was, I believe, her name's Robin Firth. She was a super fan of Stephen King, and eventually he hired her as like a scholar for him or a researcher. And I could be wrong. There might be. I think she's semi-local. I think she went to Upper Darby High School. What? I believe. John, you got to be next in line for this job. I know. Fuck, man. Come on, Uncle Steve. Wow. That's amazing. What a cool job. She wrote a, um, she wrote two books, I believe, called, uh, I think it's called The Dark Tower Concordance, which I've never read, but it's supposedly a good um, recap and like roadmap for the Dark Tower series. If um, And this is Stephen King approved? Yes. Yeah. I believe he might've wrote a foreword to one of, one of them. That's so cool. But yeah. So. Wow. Sometimes super fans hit a big. That's awesome. I love that. Um, okay. Walking dude, awesome character. I mean, bad guy, but interesting character. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so should we go to the Lloyd scene? Uh, you were kind of referring oh, to something yes. similar. Yes. Like, so the, the idea of choices or whatever. So Lloyd finds out that he's kind of fucked. He's in Poor a prison. Lloyd. That has to be terrifying too. So he's in prison, right? During the collapse of a world and everyone around him is dying. And, uh, you know, either the guards all died or they abandoned their posts. So it's him saving all the scraps of food that he can and uh, moitering some rats and chewing on them a little bit. and Resorting to... We don't feel bad, really, for Lloyd. I, maybe we feel a tiny bit bad, but he's a bad guy, so fuck him. Um, but hunger makes you do crazy things. Apparently for him, it makes him eat people. But take, take a big old chompy chomp out of his uh, next door neighbor. He didn't get too far. Got, he ate got, some of his cellmate, but he did not get too far. He took a little nibble. But uh, Got he, some of that calf, maybe? He knew something was coming. Something came to visit him, and uh, it was the dark man. Yes. And it is not a pleasant uh, time. It is foreboding, and he can feel it before he even arrives. And so It's that thing, he's like... I want this person to find me, but at the same time, I don't want them to find me. Like he's he's terrified, but also he's fucking starving to death. But he sent. Yeah, you're right. He senses something ain't quite right here. You can but, feel it too. But it's the the dark man's this like attractive, but terrifying thing. Yeah, he, he's like, he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. And he's, but you're also scared of him. I don't know. He titters. He There's so it. many things. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to read. Um, I kind of can't wait to get into the Dark Tower stuff at some point down the road. Those are That's like kind of my jam. I'm not sure where you're at on it, but that's like when I got really locked into reading Stephen King stuff. And he's awesome in those books. I just the really like the, the last book. The last couple chapters of the last book. People are and down. Shocking. People are down on that ending. I kind of like it. I mean, you had to talk me off the ledge after the ending because I, I was like, I don't understand. Why? Why? Yeah, without going into any spoilers. But I did enjoy it because I didn't 
see that coming. Mm-hmm. And the ending of this book ties into the ending of the Dark Tower a little bit. No spoilers. Spoiler. Okay, yeah. But but Flag kind of teases Lloyd at first too, right? He's like, he already knows that he took a chomp out of his next door neighbor's leg. He knows it all. Giving him shit. And Flag's like, man, I was about to go hit up some KFC or something. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want some? Do you want some? Then you better uh, promise your life to me. And it's like, what kind of choice is that again? It reminds me of Saw. Yeah. It's like either <laughs> yeah. saw off your leg yeah. at the end of the thing, saw off your leg, or just die here. Just and it die. was like, you could die here, or you could come with me and join and be my secondhand man, which is also <laughs> a position of he's not like the low man on the totem pole anymore. He's going to be somebody important. So, I mean, that wasn't his first draw. He just wanted to get the heck out of there, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he eventually agrees to go with Flag, and Flag gives him the stone that has, they say, a red flaw on it, on it or something, or it looks like a red eye. It's also a dark towery thing, Crimson King. So smart, John. Not not really, but Love the connection. Um, but it's like this. Uh, is it a seeing stone? We never get quite get the answer, but I feel like it's a seeing stone or something for Flag to keep an eye on him. I never thought of that. That's a great point. So that's a great point, John. Going through my There's so many John made so many bullet points and there are so <laughs> many side so stories to this it, book. An outline doesn't quite work properly if there's a thousand bullet points, but uh We also have gone out of order because of me. So nah, sorry. it's 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 a conversation, so yeah, I don't want to go flat by point by point. That's boring. By the way, I forgot to mention this this uh, whole novel is divided into three books, each <laughs> each freaking long. Book one that we're in right now is called Captain Trips. I love that title. Um, but yeah, it's still in the middle of book one. Let's go, let's go back to our boy Nick who left Sh- Shoyo. Oh fuck! First Nick uh, still in Sh- Shoyo. I, I can't say that. He's guarding the the guy. Guarding the guys. Eventually, two of them die. He eventually lets one of them go, who's sick as shit. And, but he Nick just decides to let him go because what the fuck? He he knows things are collapsing around him. Uh, the guy leaves, and Nick kind of just hangs out for a little bit. He unfortunately gets jumped by the last guy, the the last dude that originally assaulted him that they could never find. Why did he do it? I don't know. This guy was fucking stupid. I don't know why. I mean, it's the end of the world. Why would you even bother? He didn't have any milk money. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter if he did. But in a shitty, like, way, in a shitty turn of events, he Nick gets one of his eyes poked out, or not poked out, but damaged, basically. I mean, he has beyond recognition. so much to deal with already. Now he has to deal with this. He's deaf, and one of his fucking eyes is done. Yeah, so what that the sucks. heck? He manages to kill the guy, Nick, but damage was done. He thought Nick thought he was going to die. I think he goes, I, I think he, you know, passes out. And I think he's he has an encouraging message from Mother Abigail. Basically like, ah, oh, you can get your, you can sort this shit out, bro. You're needed. God needs you. And through the magic of Mother Abigail or whatnot, he wakes up feeling a little bit better. I think he gets medicine or whatever to stop any possible infections. Right. But, so Nick, Nick is... Chosen by God slash slash Mother Abigail. Yes, and he knows he has to go. He has to go find her. Nebraska. 
So he leaves Shoyo. Never seen that town name ever again. On bike. Shoyo. Shoyo. Uh, when does he meet his friend? He meets his friend a little bit later, and who's he thinks at first Nick just thinks he's a dead guy because <laughs> he's this dude is sleeping in the middle of the, or he's at first laying in the middle of the road. Then the guy just sits up. And it terrifies Nick. He's like, oh, fuck, am I in The Walking Dead? Yeah. Are these zombies? Nick crashes a bike. And we are joined, we're introduced to Tom Cullen. Oh, Tom. Tom Cullen, a lot of people think, is a complicated character um, or hashtag problematic. They, uh, I, I mean, maybe the portrayal is pl- problematic. So I have, my thought is, king nail the depiction probably not but is it better to erase the character altogether no i don't know he's yeah. he's like uh one of the heroes of this to be a spoiler but yeah i i think when people just say like uh it's it's not a good character it shouldn't be in the book or something i'm just like i don't know i think that's a bad way of looking at it like it was yeah king probably didn't nail it but it's uh, it's not his lived experience, so yeah, it's always just gonna be it's inclu- as best as he can. I don't think it's I don't think it would be good to exclude. It's he's inclusive, right? Like he's bringing different people into this world. It's it's more authentic if he has people that are development ugh, developmentally delayed. I don't know what's the the best way of putting this. Right. I, don't know I mean, I, it is representing another group, and that's good. And the times were different then, so we've learned a lot more now how to be more inclusive and our language should be the r word is thrown around a lot yes and that is not cool but it's representative of the times that was like the medically wasn't that like how in like the dsm yeah wasn't that how they probably probably unfortunately but we've we're a lot smarter now but the character himself comes out a winner yeah Yeah, like I, i think he is a huge part of the success of this situation so. And it's a, it's a good pairing too, right? So it's it's a, it's uh, it's kind of comedic in one way. So it's excuse me. So um, you know, a deaf and uh, almost blind guy, not not blind, but with a developmentally delayed guy. It's like um, you know, Nick has to be like, okay, what the fuck? Where like, one is lacking, the other one they fill in each other's yeah, they fill, they fill gaps, yeah. But still, I mean, they're a dynamic duo for a while there. They are. And you kind of get a, a Lenny and George thing from uh, Mice and Men a little bit, less sinister towards the end. That's true. Tom Cullen's like this folksy, like, he's basically, he's an adult child, right? That's that's what he is. The innocence, though. Yeah. He loves his fucking toys and shit. And I don't, I feel the same way, so... Let's play. If you look around my goddamn, I have a fucking Lego thing right over there. John so. has a Lego of the I, Upside Down from Stranger <laughs> Things and Christmas lights I in have, his living room. It's amazing. I have Grogu's over there. I oh, got Grogu. I have a stuffed gritty. So yeah. You got to be a kid forever. So we love Tom. Yeah. And well, I don't think he should be erased. Yeah. Maybe some of the language can be changed or whatever, but don't yeah. erase Tom. He's slightly cartoonish. We can make him a little better. But... Yeah, I mean... He's a hero. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think if they set out... Right, I think uh, Nick has to teach him how to... Does he have to teach him how to ride a bike? 
Maybe. I can't remember that. Or no, he might know how to ride a bike already, but he has to find him a proper bike. And they kind of set out, oh, I fucking love this scene. Um, Is it the hurricane thing? Yes, yes. Do you, do you, do you recall it in I just detail? remember, I, I don't remember too many details, but just the fact that if you don't hear the thing, you mm-hmm. could barely see the thing. Yes. You don't know what the heck is going on, and meanwhile, Tom is freaking. The they're in a barn or something, right? Yeah, and it's at at first, like when they're riding. I think Nick senses something, but he's just like, eh, I don't know. They can't. I think they say that, like when you you can sense a hurricane or a tornado. Maybe just the whipping around, like of the, the whipping wind. around, or like the, this oncoming storm. I'm not scientific. I don't know the fucking proper word. We watched that movie Twister once. I hate uh. <laughs> I hate those movies. Christina knows. I hate Listen, movies. I watched that not too long ago. And Dante's Peak. I hate... You're describing two of the movies. Like, They're I hate pretty it. bad. I hate movies where weather is the antagonist. All right, that's... It's not Mother Nature's fault. I, I, but, yeah, yeah. What about San Andreas? I never saw that. Is that a rock movie? I, I, I think... Yo, you know what? I think is it, it a rock is. Movie? I don't watch I, a lot of rock movies. I think it is. And, like, Jim was might have been living in San Diego at the time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going like a, there. <laughs> No way. Um, but, uh, so t- Tom, of course, freaks out because he can hear the fucking tornado and everything. So he, the two go into a barn, like you mentioned, and they huddle in the basement and is kind of mirrors uh, the tunnel scene a little bit and the escape scene from Stu where they can, they sense the dark man behind them in this room. Oh, yes. I forgot you know? about this aspect of it. Like, is he actually there? But I mean, I was freaked out, but I forgot all about that aspect of it. That's what, um, that's why he's, Flag isn't in a ton of the book, but his presence kind of looms large. Everyone's always thinking about him pretty like, much. Like, hey, I'm still here. Yeah. And if I wanted to really, he gave them the free will to go choose their side, <laughs> but maybe he could have done one of those other deals with them. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yep. And eventually the tornado, I think Tom actually just gets so scared for uh, even before the tornado is totally gone and they like get the fuck out of there. Magically, their bikes aren't fucked up. Deus Ex Machina. I don't know. Uh, maybe Steve King was helping out his characters a little bit, but they, they ride on. But I mean, honestly, I just got to be real for a second here. Dude, I would make a car work. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure like in the country or something, you'll find a car that's gassed up. And be able to help you with this, but they're always walking everywhere, and I'm like There's a lot uh, of walking in this book. You a lot feel of it, and bike riding. You feel it. Um, oh, should we? I guess should we do the Julie scene? So Julie, uh, I don't like her. Julie sucks. Um, in the convenience store situation, it's also a little gross because she might be 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like this over, possibly oversexed, uh, like brat, basically. But Nick and is not not his most. Um, Nick is not valiant or not chivalrous. his most valiant moment. Right, uh, sleeps with her. He regrets it. He regrets it immediately. Um, it's funny that Nick is like, I just want her to shut up, but he can't <laughs> hear her anyway. But just even like trying to read her lips, he's just like, I'm tired of it. Um, That's at, so true. At first, he Nick does consider like letting uh, her join. Uh, he and Tom. But Julie starts to fucking tease Tom. And Nick's like, fuck you. We don't need you, bro. Get out of here. 
I like how he stood up for his friend like that. Yeah. She throws around the R word a little too easily, too. Not cool. And Nick doesn't like that, so... Go, Nick. Good friend. Eventually, uh, Julie starts shooting at them with a, with a gun. She went a little crazy. Again, though, Tom's like the first one. He's the one that hears the fucking bullets. And uh, it's crazy because it is... If I were her, it's the end of the world. I'm pretty sure, in my eyes, it's the end of the world. I'm pretty sure I would be trying to get along with the last two people on Earth I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. But she just burns her bridges right away, and she starts shooting at them. Yep. They Eventually, they get away, thankfully, and they are picked up by folksy Ralph Brentner, I believe. And the, I think their chapter kind of ends right there. But Ralph mm-hmm. is a good dude. Uh, real quick, something that came back to me. Or actually, no. Maybe we'll go into it now. I, I want to get in. There's some side stories of, like, more... Setting things survi- up. Survivors dying, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but I think it kind of happens after this next section. Should we do... So let's do... Um, when the fuck does Stu meet... Uh, the sociologist. Glenn Bateman? Glenn Bateman. I actually cannot remember that. Ah, fuck it. Let's just do it now. Uh, <laughs> so as Stu's, uh, Stu got out of the center and is walking, everyone walks in this world, and he comes across a guy that's doing a mediocre painting of like a, <laughs> mediocre uh, landscape, and he admits it's pretty mediocre, but right it's away- we got this is a uh, this is a good pairing. It's like a uh, younger e- East Texas guy, very chummy with uh, Glenn Bateman, who's a retired sociologist, sociology teacher. Jesus Christ, John. Um, and we get a lot of good like theories and information from Glenn Bateman. He's a good way of doing a- exposition without it sounding annoying. Yeah, like, he's given us some clues here. Yes, without being too overt. Yes, and right away, I think that's. I think at first he's like, so I, I don't really believe in supernatural shit, but we're both dreaming of this dark man and this mother Abigail. So now I kind of believe in it. <laughs> so he kind of, he's like, if, if other people, if it's happening to other people, then, you know, maybe it could have been mass hysteria or something, but he's, he's kind of all in from There's the something start. to this. Yeah. For sure. And also Ralph mentions that, not Ralph, Glenn, I apologize. You know, he, he's good at coming up with these scenarios in his head. He's like, okay, so if this wiped out 99% of people, some more people are going to die. And there's this haunt, oh, the hauntings, yeah. this haunting subchapter that got me. Of th- There's just a few people that meet unfortunate ends. There's one guy whose whole family died, and his thing was like to calm down or whatever, take, it, take his mind off something. He would like just go for runs. He eventually runs himself to death. Yeah. Very sad. One he had like sa- a heart attack, right? Yeah, he had a heart attack. Okay. One of the saddest fucking things in any Stephen King book ever, uh, this little boy, I don't know if you recall this, his whole family dies. It's very confusing. Oh, and he's by himself. He's by and- himself. He's five or six years old. Uh, one day he's like out in a field and he falls into a fucking well or something. Oh, yeah. And uh, the way King ends his life is like, he died 24 hours later, 
either of terror or the uh, injuries he suffered. Could Poor have been kid. Or. That's so it, sad. One of the most haunting, um, and I haven't read every Stephen King book, but I've read a lot of them. That's one of the most haunting deaths I can I can think of because I've uh, just felt so bad. It's a kid. Little kid. There's also there's also a lady that uh, this story was less kind of. There, there was a lady that was afraid of um, basically people uh, after <laughs> the collapse. She has a some guy tries to approach her. She has a gun. The gun misfires as she shoots, and it like blows up in her face or something, which is. Um, but I want to bring the. I don't know. I, I know it's a shitty thing to bring up, but that that scene, the two, the two stories of the man and the boy, just they stick with me, and they're gonna stick with me for a long time, probably. I but. think also like uh, the King Cast guy brings this up with the appendix thing, thinking oh, about yes. the things that yeah. uh, like you take for granted mm-hmm. that are now hard to get. So this person is having um, an appendicitis, mm-hmm. and they need to take his appendix out. None of them know what they're doing. Yeah. So I think, and applying that to, I, and also like, I'm a woman. I was thinking about Franny and the fact that she's pregnant and she has to think in the future, I have to have this baby. Will yes. I have care or will mm-hmm. I have to have a natural birth and all that entails? Whether the baby, you know, th- we don't know about the outcome of the baby regardless. She's not thinking that far ahead, but there are certain times when you have a baby where you need to, you know, a C-section or, or you know, mm-hmm. the baby's, there's problems. So... Having that ticking time bomb is another thing. So we're just all these things because people have died. Mm-hmm. We take for granted before, and now our suddenly issues are also sad and scary. <laughs> so yeah, sad and scary. You do not want someone cutting you open with like a kitchen knife. That is no good. That would be a bummer. That would suck. So true. So. Where are we at here? Everybody's trying to make their way to where they're going. Yes. Uh, should we? Should we do the Mother Abigail stuff? Sure. Mother, Mother Abigail? Sure. So we're introduced to her. Uh, who's Mother Abigail? She's a 108-year-old uh, black lady that lives in Nebraska. She's very... Uh, her favorite thing is God. God rules. And she is sort of at the point where she's outlived... Like got children, grandchildren, all this, and she's, um, she basically like whenever whatever God wants me to do, I'll do. It's yes. God's will. I'm just like here for His whatever He wants to do with me, for as long as He wants. But I'd be happy to die. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's like, I'd rather die here, <laughs> but I know I'm gonna have to go to Colorado, and that's probably where I'm gonna die. Yeah. But she's aware of the dark man. Um. Yeah, and it's you know. It, the ultimate symbol for good in this book, I guess, is Mother Abigail versus Flag. E- very sim- simplistic, evil versus or good versus evil. She's not like really equipped with anything. No, like, she's what, an old lady. She's. It really comes down to, and it's she's God's conduit for, kind of gathering, gathering the people in one spot, gathering the people in one spot, basically, and. She's basically in charge of essentially rounding up the people that are going to have to go west, essentially. Right. right. Um, you know, I you know her backstory is pretty you know pretty interesting. She grew up in the you know the obviously racist South. Um, mm-hmm. She was a singer, I believe, as a child. There's a good little story about her winning over you know a 99 percent white audience with her voice. 
They could, um, they saw how talented she was and she kept going. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she was not afraid to stand up to these people and sing about hard things. And I, I might be, I might be skipping a little bit. Eventually she knows people are going to be visiting her house. She makes a long trek to, to go get some chickens to just going to make them dinner, make them din din. Um, and they are happy. They're happy on the way back. She's encountered by a bunch of weaselly weasels. Oh my gosh. And let me just say again, talking about this King cast guy. Wow. When he said the thing about, uh, he likened this to the movie, the omen with the dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just got that visual and I'm like, that is freaky to see a visual visual representation of evil trying to stop you from doing something. And this was the dark man trying to stop her from doing things. Anything to get in her way because she's like literally 108 years old would be there. So that freaked me out. You're not you're not big on the omen or the devil. Stuff. I mean, I will. That will truly terrify me. I say scariest movie. And I know for other people it's not, but for me, I liked it when the dude got his head cut off. Oh, with the, cool. when it looked like it was a fake plastic yeah, head. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> also, we since we watched it in like second and third grade, that may have something to do with it. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. Yep. 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 But yeah, the visual of that, I I appreciate that he said that. It's a good. It's a good, it. it's a good scene, but uh, the power of the god gets gets her through it. The right. white light. That worked out that time. Yes. Yes. She she seemed to harness some power there. Well, he made that happen. She didn't do anything, but. And I guess, I guess I have to mention it. So this is like Mother Abigail's a prototypical, prototypical thing that gets mentioned as the King's usage of the magical Negro trope. Basically what we've gone over it before. It's a black character that kind of only serves a story to help white people. Um, hard to argue that in this case, she is, she does kind of seem to be that I will say King using her is like, I, I, I don't know if I'm the right, like if it is racist, it's like the sweetest form of racism. Like his idea of the, the, uh, a good, the best person ever is this old black lady to face off against flag metaphorically. I don't know. It's just, it is something that gets brought up a lot. I I don't like her at the end. I liked her at first. She seems to be Old Testament at the end. I because she's so she's not equipping. We'll get to this later, but she basically sends on sends some people on a death mission. She does not equip them. She does not allow them to help themselves succeed. So I'm thinking in my head, why? And also, she misses. She does not take advantage of an opportunity to get rid of someone that she could have, mm-hmm. which we'll get into later, but. Yes. We're getting Mis- to that almost, actually. Mistakes are made. Big, yeah. big, big mistakes. Huge. Just like uh, that Ginormous. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to share. Okay, sh- sh- should we do Stu and Glenn meeting up with, or Stu meeting up with uh, Harold? I almost said Laurel. Harold so they Walter. all they all arrive at this place. So Mother Abigail travels to Colorado. Does happen before or after? So I guess real real quick, when Stu meets up with Harold and Nadine, Harold is of of course at first like jealous or whatever, and 
Oh, right, right, right. She's like, hey, man, I'm not going to try to get with your girl. And 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 then he winks at her. I'm going to try to get with that girl. She's a hottie. Yeah, she's a hottie. Uh, No one knows she's pregnant yet. She's hiding it still. Yeah, and uh, the three are joined by Glenn, and they go to the CDC CDC center that's CDC center. That's redundant. (laughs) I don't know. The C is center. Uh, they, I they go to that place where Stu escaped from. And the whole time she was like, yeah, escape from there, man. Everyone's dead. I don't want to go back. And yeah, I, there's a good little scene of the three going in and just seeing it's like a haunted house at that point where everyone's fucking dead. Everywhere's probably like that by now. Yeah. Cleaning up the bodies alone is probably well, we get to it'll that. Take too. Like, it'll take like generations to do. Yeah. I feel like if, even just to bury that many graves. Yeah. Um, that's got to be a health hazard. Yeah, 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 it does. Jeez. But they eventually decide to go to Nebraska simultaneously. I think Larry Larry becomes kind of a head of a crew, and they decide to go to Nebraska as well because they're, they're having the dreams of uh, the Darkman and Mother Abigail. Right. Great stuff. I guess we might, at some point, Nadine kind of has her dreams of being attracted to the to the dark man and we learned about her past a little bit yeah so she believes she's been promised to the dark man because of a a game that she played in college like it, it seemed like a ouija board kind of game not quite maybe um something answered her and i can't remember that i wish maybe I. Maybe it was a ouija board i wish or, i remembered this, the page number i'd yeah. refer to it right now but basically she they were freaked out because they they knew at that point something was up with her. Yes, and she wasn't normal. It's one of those. It, it was one of those games where, like, I don't know if people do this anymore, but it's like maybe people did this before the internet existed or video games. But it's like, oh, let's play the Ouija board thing. Let's see what happens. They'd have fun at first. Like, who are you going to marry or something like that? Or That's who, so true. Like Mash. Yeah, yeah. And for her, she gets a message that is like, "You are mine, Nadine, together forever." Or like. I forget. I forget the specific. Uh, I should have wrote it down. Too. Know, honestly, it's it is sad. a haunting message for for her. It's sad too because this whole thing looms over her head for a long time, and she she's knows. kind of she's kind of a tragic character, right? She is. Yeah. Uh, even though I don't like her that much, it's really not her fault because she just had some hard circumstances. It goes back to the Lloyd thing of like you mentioned earlier. Like, is it his choice? Is it her choice? If you right. feel like your the choice is made for you already. Or in Lloyd's like, case, what is she going to do? In Lloyd's case, he thought he was going to die. In her case, she's like, well, something from the other side promised me to this man. So and I why didn't she just, I, I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead, but why, why, why? At one point, Larry tries to be like, hey, baby, want to. Oh, yeah. Wanna... She is not into it because she knows that she's basically promised to the dark man. Yes. Without telling him, though. She doesn't really, she kind of just blows him off. Yeah. Larry's like, what the fuck? I had a hit single on the. Video. I know, baby. Can you dig your man? Also, know it? We're, we're seeing some growth from Larry. Um, he taught. He is in the midst of teaching Joe how to play the guitar. Joe's kind of a natural. That that's his like key. It's like okay, take away the knife, <laughs> and uh, give him a guitar, and he'll be like a normal kid, basically, right? Not and maybe it's, not normal. It's. I mean, he still is not really talking, yeah. but he's calming down and yeah. we like that for him so that's good so he's becoming like slowly but surely larry's becoming a 
less shitty person. We're proud of you, Larry. I'm proud of you, Larry. Um, but then he gets... Uh, so this is what I'm working on because I read this a while ago. <laughs> they travel with Mother Abigail mm-hmm. from one place to the other. I just can't remember the sequence. I can't remember if they... How many people they take kinda, her? Who takes her? Is it uh, Larry and them? So it or is... Or Nick and them? It's Nick and them. Okay. That's and it's pretty... Qu- it's like pretty quick. Like... They go have uh, dinner at her place, and they chat or whatever, and it's it's pretty quick. Like we don't see them actually Next traveling day or so. That's what it to is. Colorado. It's like they're in Colorado. That's much. the problem with me because I'm like I don't remember the transition. I remember them yeah. eating a dinner and mm-hmm. enjoying it. There's a pretty terrifying scene with um, Stu and his crew, where this felt like Walking Dead shit to me, where. They are kind of ambushed by motorcycle people that are like, hey, give us your bike and your woman. Um, yeah, like yeah. what the hell? They, uh, the bikers have three or four women themselves held captive already. Um, basically, it's a big, you know, a big old uh, gunfight at the OK Corral happens. Um, they, the, the good guys do manage to win. One of the women, I believe, I think it's, I could be wrong. It might be Dana Jergens, her name, I believe. She goes like, just justifiably, she goes psycho mode and fucking murders the shit out of one of them. Like, nearly, I, th- I don't know if it's decapitation, but it's close. Like, just shooting him so much. And, Go Dina. Uh, yeah, and we get the, you know, the horrible fucking shitty backstory that these people were kidnapped and, you know, sexually abused and shit. Which you could totally see happening in a lawless society that yeah. what's become. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no rules right now because anything goes. So, yeah, all these bad people get together and bad things happen But Philadelphia. I think they were on their way to Vegas, too. I'm pretty sure they're going to meet up with the dog Oh, man. that makes sense. Um, but they wanted more, more women, more motorcycles or whatever. The city of sin. <laughs> but the good guys won that time. So, eventually, I think, quick, I guess quick thing, Harold suspects that uh, Franny and Stu are a thing, and then he sees them in in the act, and then- What a creep. What a creep, creepy dude. Creepy, creepy dude. One night when Franny falls asleep, he notices that she was uh, writing a journal. He reads her journal, and it's- disparaging of him talking about how much uh she likes Stu and stuff and that's kind of when i guess that's like the tipping point for harold where he's like okay fuck these people i'm gonna murder them at some point i mean he really goes off the deep end here yeah i mean it's a little bit ridiculous but it happens (laughs) it happens with this guy yeah uh i guess somewhat major character which I imagine a lot of this shit got cut out. Or, I get, yeah, I bet a lot of this stuff wasn't in the original book. Trash Can Man, um, kind of another tragic character. He was, he's basically a pyromaniac. He's just crazy. Crazy guy. He had a weird upbringing. Um, his father was shot. I think his father was a drunk. His father was shot by the sheriff. Eventually, the sheriff marries his mom. So his stepdad killed his real dad. Also, he was always fascinated with fire. He lit 
he would just start fires all the time and he was sent away to an asylum where and they did shock therapy on him uh surprisingly that didn't work i was being sarcastic of course (laughs) it didn't work so he's just like oh okay this guy is just he's he's made for the dark man basically right right and it's a long there's a long section of him with this character called the kid who's like this uh we have to dig into all that it was this kid's a psychopath that was gonna try to kill the dark man at one point of course that doesn't work out the dark man eventually has wolves kill the kid yeah and uh i mean i guess it's a good scene where the kid turns on trash can man because trash was trying to run away from him eventually the wolves are sent and the kid like hides in a car and the wolves are just sitting outside the car waiting for the kid to come out so we know he's fucked um reminiscent of cujo yeah oh shit i, did, this I didn't before cujo i, I did not put that together uh you know trash makes it to vegas and I, vegas at that point is starting kind of set up it's he meets lloyd and lloyd's like oh the big man's been waiting for this this one he's special so lloyd's like the second in command and this guy's just kind of like the guy in the field wild card kind of guy yeah he kind of does whatever he goes out and does who know what does he actually do is he's he trying like, to find nuclear <laughs> warheads like what is he He's like the equivalent of like uh, a consultant today, where like oh okay, you know, a company will hire a consultant. Like he's okay, a consultant wh- of chaos. What do you do? So I consult. <laughs> I, I'm out in the field, and uh, I'll come back and consult every now and then. That and sounds kind of fun. I yeah, don't know. No, just not blowing things up. Maybe in something consulting about something else. Like there's no real metrics to what they do, <laughs> but uh, they get paid a lot of money. He's testing uh, things out. Uh, we get a bit of Vegas, so it's fairly well run and shit. Uh, but everyone's kind of in fear. But I kind of, I kind of like that where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. They have their shit more to uh, a little bit more together, and uh, they have all the smart people that yes. know how to do things. Ooh, a terrifying scene. So shortly after Trash arrives in Vegas, he's getting chummy with people. He's like, "Hey, what's up, bro?" One of the guys that was friendly friendly with him, I forget his name, but unfortunately, this dude was caught doing doing the drugs. So um, you know, back in normal society, what would happen? You get a thrown in jail or whatever uh in vegas you get fucking crucified and get moited slowly freaky um but it's a yeah they do that thing of like they try to separate themselves like society when they see because they all know this guy but they pretend like they don't know him they're just like uh, if we pretend like we don't know him maybe we'll make it easier but the guy dies pretty slowly i think it takes like three hours to die via crucifixion but uh not good. Not good. Not good. Uh, so they see that he's not. <laughs> he's I mean, not. but they still obey him, and they're still, like, sheep, sort of. Yes. So they are, out of fear, they are going to get this. I mean, the alternative is going with Mother Ab- Abigail, which that, she does not seem as strong, obviously. Mm-hmm. All the smart people are here. This guy seems to know. I don't know. And... Honestly, since this guy knows everything, you try to run away. There's got to be fear there from these people. Bateman, Glenn Bateman's, he's like, I think all the tech people are going to go to Vegas because they like order and shit. And we're kind of disorganized over here. And stuff like that. But I, I kind of like that, that yeah, theory. Yeah, that makes sense. So where do we go from here? Okay, so free. let's get into the free zone shit. So... 
people are arriving in Colorado. Everyone wants to see Mother Abigail because she's the shit. Right. She's all. You're the lady we came to see. Yeah. We had dreams about you. It's either you or some fucking terrifying guy, and we went you with you. You seem less scary, so we're going to go with you. And <sighs> she accepts them. Yeah, she's like, um, you know, she, she's a warm presence and shit, and, you know, I, I, I want a warm presence after uh, 99.4% of people are murdered. Everyone you basically know, and you have to make all new friends she gets a bad feeling about her girl nadine though dude and this is a missed opportunity i feel yes she could have saved everyone so this is the other thing down the road when she goes on her little jaunt in the woods excursion (laughs) i didn't understand that's all we'll get into that but i this is why i didn't understand i think it's because of this maybe Mm -hmm. she realized this was a missed opportunity that she could have, she had a bad feeling about Nadine as soon as she saw her. She's like looking at her, something isn't right. I mean, right about this chick. I see the dark side in you. I sound like I'm talking about Yoda. I mean, I <laughs> what's his name? I feel like I'm talking about Star Wars, but really, something <laughs> is not right. And then instead of focusing on that, she's like, oh, I want to meet the next person. Not that she's looking for like admiration, but she does not. She does not go with her gut on this one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she would have yeah. went for with her gut, maybe some people would be safe. But also, there would be no good story. So, yes. What yeah. can I do? Yeah, if it just ended there. <laughs> what can I do? But Nadine gets freaked out. She's yeah. like, she saw me. She saw who I really am or who I really want to be or something like that. Yeah. And she's, and Nadine, I feel like, is fighting it. She's trying to get Larry to, she's like, Larry, she has a little bit of a change of heart. And I can't remember when this happens because she also gets another brush with the dark man, giving her some signals. Like, yes. So I don't remember the um, sequence of that. Mm-hmm. But she does try to function in this society. She does, yeah. They, everyone has their jobs or whatever. I think she's like working at the electrical plan. And What about uh, Joe? Joe meets her this abigail he loves her and he starts talking a little bit i forget what his actual he gives her his his real name it's leo i think leo good call yes which we're all shocked because we're like he can talk he now. can talk and of course this pisses off nadine because she's like why like i i don't understand i've been taking care of you this whole time <laughs> you see this mother abigail for five seconds and you're a different person i don't feel needed anymore not to blame women too much or whatever not to be the sexist guy but it really, like, is Nadine this, like, cursed, like, being around her brings out the worst in people? Like, le- like if Larry had chosen her, that's his, like, dark. Like, like, like That's his dark passenger. That's his dark passenger. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like, that's the dar- that's his dark side is choosing her over Lucy. Because um, he's a better man when he's with Lucy. Yes, yes. Even though he loves Lucy, but not really, like. He wants to love Lucy. Yeah, I don't know if he loves Nadine, but he he's attracted. He's, he's a very yeah, attracted. He's at least Nadine. attracted to her, yeah. and it it is a slippery slope for him. Yes, 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 yes. He would have definitely followed her if he would have chosen that. He would have probably followed her, mm-hmm. but then she wouldn't have been good enough for the Dark Man at that point. Y- yeah, it's that so. thing of um, yeah, like this is my. She was like, "This is my last chance. You're my last chance." And he has no idea what the heck she's talking he's about. Like, really, All right, you're fucking crazy. Um, so maybe to, he would have saved her. 
Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't have been all that bad for him if he would have saved someone, but. It was too late. Wasn't meant to be. He was with Lucy. Uh, So this is part of the book that people kind of knock a little bit. It's when they get all starting back the government kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It is kind of dry. It's like, okay, they have their meetings, right? They do their, I guess it's an okay moan of when they do the, um, they don't do the Star Spangled Banner, do they? Or they, they, I'm a fucking idiot. They do, they, it's not the Pledge of Allegiance, though. I think it's. They do one of those. You might be right. I don't know. They do one. And it's like, okay, that's good. Then there's subsequent meetings of like, okay. We're what, what's our again. plan of attack? Yeah. This is the situation. We need to form these committees. Mm-hmm. To, it feels like work. Yeah. Let's yeah. have a bunch of these committees to talk about things and never actually get anything done. It reads like work too sometimes Ugh. too. Okay. And that's, so if, if I think that's a valid criticism of, it's, it's that weird thing. I, I can see this actually happening if this, if the world ends, I can see this actually happening at the same time. I don't know if I want to read about all of it in a book about the end of the world, but you want to skip over this part. Yeah. It, it reads, it reads like, a. It's humdrum, just like a yeah. committee meeting. Yes. You're like, get me out of here. Yep, yep, yep. And they're all having all these little fights. Who's in charge? Let's mm. make them think that they're in charge too. It's mm. like the and same thing. Even King has said he felt frustrated when writing it because he's like, they're doing the same mistakes that what, what would really happen. And he, he almost threw out the book at one point, he said, until he came up with a Honestly, if I gave, solution. if I give my publisher a book that was this thick, I would think about cutting some too <laughs> because it is freaking they, huge. They made him cut four hundred pages at first. Really? And well, not, now we don't. Now we have the uncut version. But oh, I was like, is there more that's not uh, in this uncut version in that sev- was actually cut? In seventy eight, he submitted that full thing, and they're like, okay, you're cutting the shit down, bro. So then it was like cut to seven eighty or something. But then all the shit that he cut got reinserted and. It is good to have the context. It's good to have it, but yeah. It, it is all, it is, man. It some is, of it drags. It, yeah. It does feel like an epic thing. All right, all right, G. We are close to the file limit on this one. You cool to start a new file and finish, yes. this, finish this thing out? Let's do that. All right, folks. We will see you on the other side for The Stand Part 2. Part Sit two. tight.